This is Ethan Siegel, and welcome back to the Starts With a Bang podcast. When it comes to the universe as we observe it, you normally think of cause and effect. Everything that happens, happens for a reason. But in quantum mechanics, the world is a little bit weirder. The world, at a very quantum level, on scale smaller than a nanometer, down to the scale of about atoms or subatomic particles, doesn't behave that way. All the time, things happen not deterministically, but probabilistically. If I tell you to arbitrary precision the setup of a system, and I tell you what the initial conditions are, how it starts off, you can't tell me definitively how it's going to turn out. All you can tell me is what the different probabilities of various outcomes are going to be. If you take all of these probability outcomes, we have a mathematical way we can express it as a wave function. Now there are two interpretations. One is that a wave function is a mathematical description only. We write it down, we calculate it, and we get the answer. This interpretation is called the instrumentalist interpretation, and it gives you all the answers to all the questions you could ever ask the universe. But there are many people who are philosophically completely dissatisfied. They insist that the wave function is real, that the wave function itself is a real physical entity, and it's up to us, human beings, to figure out how to interpret it and which interpretation matches the actual reality we live in. If you take the first approach, the instrumentalist approach to interpreting the wave function, then you're left with the conclusion that reality is super counterintuitive. And this may be the case. This may be exactly how it is, and it's just our intuition that's providing the barrier to us truly understanding what's going on. But if the second option is true, if the wave function is a real physical entity, then this really is a puzzle. And we ask ourselves the big question, can we figure out what the different interpretations are, what the different ways of physically interpreting the wave function are, and if there's a physically possible way to distinguish between them? One interpretation, the most common one, is the Copenhagen interpretation, first put forth by Niels Bohr. He said that the wave function spreads out over space, but collapses instantaneously when you make a measurement. There's an observer, an active observer, that plays a role, and whenever a measurement is made, as evinced by an interaction with another massive or energetic particle, the wave function collapses. It's at that instant that a measurement is made. There are also cases ways of looking at it, interpretations, where the wave function doesn't collapse, where instead it's the quantum operator that acts on a system that changes over time. There are also pictures where both of them change over time. One of the more controversial interpretations is known as the many worlds interpretation, where instead of picturing a wave function as a probabilistic set of possible outcomes, you consider it as 
a set of outcomes that actually do occur everywhere they possibly could occur. In other words, there's an ensemble of possible outcomes that are plausible, that are allowed by physics. And when a decision or an observation is made, rather than having the wave function collapse, you select which possible universe you live in. In other words, there are an infinite number of parallel universes out there all corresponding to the possible outcomes of a quantum interaction. And when you make an observation or make a decision, you're simply selecting which universe you happen to live in. This leads to a very romantic notion of what parallel universes might actually mean for us. In other words, there might be a universe out there where every critical decision that you could have made in your life had the other outcome from the one you chose. There could be a universe out there where you chose the job that took you overseas instead of the one that kept you in your home country. There's a parallel universe out there where you stood up to the bully that you always wished you had stood up to instead of letting yourself be taken advantage of. There's a parallel universe where you kissed the one who got away at the end of the night instead of simply letting them go. And there's even the parallel universe out there where the life or death event that you or your loved one faced at some point had a different outcome from the one that happened in your universe. But all of those romantic notions belie the biggest question of all. The real question that anyone approaching parallel universes should be interested in. That question, could these parallel universes be real? If you want a universe to be parallel to ours, that means it needs to have been the same as our universe up until a certain critical moment where a decision was made. That means we need to consider the size of our universe, the number and type of particles in it, the age of our universe, and we need to do it going all the way back to the start of our universe. We need to go back all the way to the moment of the Big Bang. And in order to house these parallel universes, we need to know if there's more universe out there beyond our own than the part that's presently observable to us. Well, we know there is. On the one hand, we can tell just from measurements of the curvature of our universe, of its uniformity, and of what we see out there, that there ought to be plenty more unobservable universe, just like the part that contains us out there beyond what we can see. Measurements of both the cosmic microwave background and of baryon acoustic oscillation features in the large-scale structure of the universe tell us that if the universe does close in on itself, if it isn't infinite, then it has to be at least 250 times the diameter of the part that we ourselves can observe. This means that the universe must be at least about 12 million times the volume of the observable universe that contains us. That's about 12 million more chances if everything started off with the same initial conditions for the universe to evolve just like ours. In addition, we can look at where the Big Bang came from at the theory of cosmic inflation.
What inflation says is that prior to the Big Bang, there was a huge amount of energy inherent to the fabric of space itself. That causes the size of the universe to expand at an exponential rate. Exponential isn't impressive because of how big it is. It's impressive because of how consistent it is. If the universe doubles in size in, let's say, 10 to the minus 35 seconds, then when 2 times 10 to the minus 35 seconds has passed, it will have quadrupled. When 3 times 10 to the minus 35 seconds have passed, it would have octupled. So when 10 to the minus 34 seconds have passed, it will have increased a thousandfold in size. If you ask how much time has to pass for the universe to go from a subatomic Planck scale length, the smallest possible scale, to the size of the universe we observe, that turns out to be just about 10 to the minus 33 seconds. In fact, by time you let a second pass, you're talking about a universe that is 2 to the 10 to the 35, that's a 1 with 35 zeros after it, times as large as our observable universe is. The idea is that inflation continues for possibly an eternity, and where it ends, we get a Big Bang that gives us a universe just like our own. As time goes on, the number of universes we get, this is where the idea of the multiverse comes from, tends towards infinity. But it's important to recognize that even though something tends towards infinity as time goes on and on, there's a very big difference between large but finite and truly infinite. If we want to know if it's possible for parallel universes to really be real, to really exist, for there to be copies of the universe identical to our own, where just the outcome of one particular interaction is different, what we need to compare are two different numbers. We need to compare the number of universes that are out there that are like ours to the number of quantum outcomes possible in a universe like ours that's been around for 13.8 billion years. We have only a lower limit on the number of universes like ours. It could truly be infinite, but in order to be infinite, that means inflation needs to have gone on for an infinite amount of time. One of the positive things about knowing how much volume there could be to our physical universe tells us that we can ask how long inflation would have needed to go on in order to encapsulate all of the possible quantum outcomes our universe admits. So let's ask that big question then. How many quantum outcomes are possible in a universe like ours? We can estimate the number of quantum interactions and outcomes given a universe like ours. Our universe has about 10 to the 90 particles in it, including photons, neutrinos, matter, and antimatter. It's about 92 billion light years in size, and it grew to be that big over a time span of 13.8 billion years. That's the amount of time that's passed between the end of inflation and the start of the hot Big Bang and the present day. 
10 to the 90 particles is a huge number. Consider that any two particles, when they interact, need to have the same outcome to that interaction and need to give rise to all the subsequent interactions that we see. This is particularly difficult when you consider that one of the most common interactions where you collide two particles together and either annihilate them to create two photons or create two new particles from that collision have a continuous degree of freedom rather than having a discrete one. In other words, rather than two or three or six or 20 possible outcomes, there's a continuous set of possible outcomes. There's literally an arbitrarily large number of possible outcomes for momentum, energy, and direction based on the interaction that took place. If you wanted to quantify this and say, well, the universe is finite, how many interactions can we possibly have? You look at the entire quantum spectrum of outcomes. As sad as the case is, there are more than 10 to the 90 factorial possible outcomes for the particles in the universe. And if you think that's bad, consider factorials are some of the fastest growing numbers of all. Most importantly, they grow faster than an exponential grows. If you take a number like 10 to the 10 to the 90 and you compare it to 10 to the 90 factorial, you're in for a really rude awakening. Not only is 10 to the 90 factorial so much larger than 10 to the 10 to the 90, it means that inflation would need to have gone on for more than 10 to the 90 times the present age of our universe to give rise to a universe big enough to even make one copy of it plausible today. In other words, and this is the most important thing you can learn from doing this calculation, the number of possible outcomes from particles in any universe interacting with one another tends towards infinity, and it tends towards infinity faster than the number of possible universes you can have will increase due to inflation. So even setting aside issues that there may be an infinite number of possible values for fundamental constants, that there may be an infinite number of particles, of interactions that are allowed, and setting aside interpretation issues like the many worlds interpretation and whether it can be a physical interpretation, the fact of the matter is, even if you pick the optimal outcome for those questions, the number of possible outcomes rises so quickly, so much faster than a mere exponential, that unless inflation has been occurring for a truly infinite amount of time, there are no parallel universes that would be contained anywhere in the multiverse identical to our own unique universe. There are only two ways to make the parallel universe's interpretation actually real and actually plausible. Either inflation was eternal to the past as well, meaning it's been going on not just for years, billions of years, quintillions, or even Googles of years, but it needs to have gone on for a truly infinite amount of time. Otherwise, 
every instant we move forward into the future sees the number of possible universe outcomes decrease as far as being possible in the real universe. You don't have to go forward very long in time before you arrive at a time where you only have one universe with your unique quantum outcomes. The other possibility, the other way you can make the parallel universe interpretation actually real, is to have the universe born infinite. That's it. Have the universe be born infinite. But that may be the most dissatisfying outcome of all, to simply have to foist the solution to your problems off on an initial condition that you can't control, can't measure, and don't have a mechanism to predict. Parallel universes are truly a romantic notion, but unless there are truly an infinite number of universes like ours for them to exist in, you're the only you in the entire multiverse. And that, if you think about it in its own way, is a romantic notion too. The Starts With a Bang podcast is made possible through the generous donation of our Patreon supporters. I'd like to thank everyone donating at the $5 a month level and above for making this all possible. Thanks to Bakhtiar, Kathy Reese, Robert J. Hansen, Thomas Sola, Denier, Patrick Sweetman, Igor Mitrofanov, Jeroen Van Rin, Marcelo Barnaba, Jason Besanseni, Nick Tomlinson, Rafal Wojcik, Pedro Texera, Brian Terry, Danny, Denise Arnaud, Alexander Marius, Gaijin, Bob Wilson, Adam Rabung, Andrew T. Douglas, Chris Hilly, Weller Tractor Salvage, Patrick Dennis, Joel Baxter, Chris Shaw, Radek Nesbida, Ian Lamb, James Nance, Joe McFarland, Richard Jousey, Amira Sosnick, Rachel Merritt, Michael Mason, Sidney Atwood, Christopher Wetmore, Willie Keplinger, Jose Enrique, Harry Plumley, John Methot, Nathan Hanna, Thomas All, Glenn McDavid, Benjamin Turner, David Taschioni, Joe Latone, Philip Radlovic, DGE, John Seal, Nathan Heston, Braxton Thomason, Karen Garrison, and Zarko Opachik. Thanks everyone for your generous donations, for your support, or just for tuning in, and I'll see you next time here on Starts With a Bang.